Chapter Six, Part One of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Six, Part One. That evening at twelve o'clock, when Pyotr Ivanitch, with a candle and book in one hand, while he held his dressing gown off the ground with the other, went from his study into his bedroom to go to bed his valet informed him that alexander fedoritch wished to see him pyotr ivanitch knitted his brows thought a minute and then said calmly take him into the study i will come at once returning there he greeted his nephew with good evening alexander it's a long time since we have seen you we have given up expecting you by day and here all at once you burst on us at night why so late but what's wrong with you you are quite pale without answering a word alexander sat down in an armchair in extreme exhaustion pyotr ivanitch looked at him with curiosity alexander sighed are you well asked pyotr ivanitch anxiously yes replied alexander in a feeble voice i move i eat i drink and therefore i am well don't make light of it though consult a doctor other people have already given me that advice but no doctors or opodeldocs can be of use to me my disease is not physical what is the matter with you you haven't been gambling or lost money asked pyotr ivanitch with lively interest you can never imagine trouble apart from money matters replied alexander trying to smile what is the trouble then everything is all right at your home i know that from the letters to which your mother treats me every month at the office nothing can be worse than it was then come trifling matters love i suppose yes love but do you know what has happened when you know you will be horrified Oh, tell me it's a long while since i've been horrified said his uncle taking a seat however it's not difficult to conjecture no doubt they have deceived you you can reason so calmly uncle while i said alexander am suffering in earnest i am wretched i am really ill is it possible that you have grown so thin through love what a disgraceful thing no you have been ill and now you are beginning to recover and it's high time seriously this folly had been dragging on for a year and a half a little longer and upon my word i should have begun to believe in eternal and unchanging love uncle said alexander have pity on me there is a hell now in my heart eh what then alexander drew his armchair up to the table and his uncle began to move away from his nephew's proximity the inkstand the paperweights etc he comes at midnight he thought hell in his heart he'll infallibly smash something sympathy i don't get from you and i don't ask it began alexander i ask for your help as my uncle my relation i seem foolish to you isn't it so yes you would if you were not to be pitied you feel pity for me great pity do you suppose i am a flint a good clever well-brought-up boy throwing himself away and what for a mere trifle show me that you feel for me in what way money you say you don't want money oh if my trouble had been only from want of money how i would have blessed my fate don't speak so observed pyotr ivanitch seriously you are a boy you would curse and not bless your fate i have cursed it more than once in bygone days even i give me a patient hearing shall you be staying long asked his uncle yes i want all your attention why so as to know whether we shall want to have supper as a rule i am in the habit of going to bed without supper 
but now since we shall be sitting up a long while we will have a little and will drink a bottle of wine and meantime you tell me everything you can eat supper asked alexander in amazement yes indeed i can and won't you i supper why even you will not be able to swallow a morsel when you know that it is a matter of life and death of life and death repeated his uncle well that is certainly a grave matter however we will try perhaps we shall manage to swallow some he rang the bell bring in he said to the valet who appeared whatever there is for supper and tell them to fetch a bottle of lafitte with a green seal the valet disappeared uncle you are not in a suitable frame of mind to listen to the sad story of my unhappiness said alexander taking his hat i had better come to-morrow no no not at all interrupted piotr ivanitch briskly keeping his nephew by the hand i am always in the same frame of mind to-morrow not a doubt of it you will break in upon breakfast or worse still on business it would be far better to have it all over at once supper will not hinder matters i shall hear and understand all the better on an empty stomach you know it's not well they brought in supper now alexander let me said piotr ivanitch no i don't want anything to eat uncle said alexander impatiently shrugging his shoulders as he saw his uncle busying himself over the supper at least drink a glass of wine it's not bad wine alexander shook his head in refusal well then take a cigar and tell your story and i will be all ears said piotr ivanitch setting briskly to work upon his supper do you know count novinsky asked alexander after a short pause count platon yes we are friends why i congratulate you on such a friend he's a scoundrel piotr ivanitch at once ceased munching and gazed in surprise at his nephew what a discovery he said do you know him very well have you known him long three months well how is that i have known him for five years and always considered him an honourable man and indeed you will not hear from any one all praise him but you run him down is it long since you have taken up to standing up for people uncle in the past it used to be even in the past i always stood up for honourable men show me where there are any honourable men said alexander scornfully why such as you and i in what are we not honourable the count if the talk of him can be believed is also an honourable man still who knows there is something bad in every one but all men are not bad yes all all said alexander with decision how about you i i at least bear away from the world a heart broken but unstained from baseness a spirit shattered but free from the reproach of lying hypocrisy treachery i am not corrupted oh, so much the better come let us see what has the count done to you what has he done he has robbed me of everything be more precise by the word everything one may understand god knows what all money for instance he is not doing that of what is dearer to me than all the treasures in the world said alexander what might this have been everything happiness life oh, and here you are alive more's the pity yes but this life is worse than a hundred deaths tell me straight out what has happened it's awful exclaimed alexander my god my god i have it hasn't he enticed your charmer away from you that what's-her-name oh yes he's masterly at it 
it would be hard for you to compete with him oh the rascal said pyotr ivanitch raising a piece of turkey to his mouth he shall pay dearly for his masterliness said alexander fuming i am not going to give way without a struggle death shall decide which of us is to gain nadinka i will call out this vulgar gallant he shall not live he shall not enjoy the treasure he has robbed me of i will wipe him off the face of the earth pyotr ivanitch began to laugh oh the provinces he said apropos of the count alexander did he say whether they had sent him the china from abroad he ordered the set in the spring i should like to have a look at we are not talking about china uncle did you hear what i was saying interrupted alexander severely hm his uncle mumbled in assent picking a small bone what do you say oh nothing i am listening to what you are saying answer me one word will you do me the greatest service what is it will you consent to be my second the cutlets are quite cold remarked pyotr ivanitch with annoyance pushing away the dish you are smiling uncle well how is one to listen to such stuff you ask for a second what is your answer it's a matter of course i will not come very well someone else shall be found some outsider who will come to my aid in this bitter wrong i only ask you to take the trouble to communicate with the count to learn what conditions i cannot i could not bring my tongue to propose such an imbecility to him then good-bye said alexander taking his hat what are you going already and won't you have any wine alexander walked to the door but he sank down on a chair near the door in utter exhaustion whom can i go to whose help can i get he said in a low voice listen alexander began pyotr ivanitch wiping his lips with a napkin and moving an armchair to his nephew i see that i must talk to you in earnest let us talk it over you have come to me for assistance i will assist you only not in the way you imagine and on condition that you be guided by me don't ask anyone to be your second there will be no use in it for a trifle you will make a scandal it will be spread about everywhere people will laugh at you or worse still make use of it to injure you no one will consent but even if some madman could be found to second you it would be all for nothing the count will not fight i know him not fight is there no grain of manliness in him observed alexander with bitter malice i should not have suspected he was as base as that he is not base but only sensible tell me with whom you are chiefly angry with the count or with her what's her name anuta is it i hate her i despise her said alexander let us begin with the count let us suppose that he accepts your challenge let us even suppose that you find a fool to second you what will come of it the count will kill you like a fly and every one will laugh at you afterwards a fine revenge let us even suppose that you did by some accident kill him what sense is there in it would you bring back your charmer's love by that no she would only hate you for it and besides they would send you for a soldier and what is the chief consideration you would tear your hair in despair at your behaviour another day and would quickly have grown cold to your charmer is she the only one in the world your maria or sophia what's her name they call her nadezhda nadezhda then who is sophia sophia oh that was in the country said alexander reluctantly do you see continued his uncle there it was sophia here it's nadezhda somewhere else it will be maria the heart is a very deep well it's a long while before you sound it to the bottom 
it goes on loving till old age no the heart loves once and you go on repeating what you have heard from others the heart goes on loving as long as its strength is not all spent it lives its life and also like everything else in man has its youth and its old age if one love has failed it only dies away and is still until the next if a second time it's thwarted it still has the power so long as its love is unavailing to love again for a third and a fourth time until at last the heart puts all its strength into some one happy union when nothing thwarts it and then it slowly and gradually grows cold with some men love was successful the first time so they go crying out that one can love once only so long as a man is in good health and not in decrepitude you always talk of youth uncle meaning of course material love i talk of youth because love in old age is a blunder an abnormality and how about material love there is no such love or rather it is not love just as there is no love purely ideal where was i oh you'd have been sent for a soldier besides this after this scandal your charmer wouldn't allow you in her sight you would have injured her and yourself too for nothing do you see i hope we have worked out this question conclusively on one side now pyotr ivanitch poured himself out some wine and drank it what a blockhead he said he has sent up cold lafitte alexander sat in silence with drooping head now tell me continued his uncle warming the glass of wine with both hands why did you want to wipe the count off the face of the earth i have already told you why has he not blasted my happiness he has pounced like a wolf on the fold put in his uncle he has robbed me of all alexander went on he has not robbed he only came and took it was he bound to inquire whether your charmer was taken or not i don't understand that absurdity of which lovers have been guilty from the creation of the world that of getting angry with a rival can anything be more senseless wipe him off the face of the earth why because he is found agreeable but was your what's her name katinka averse to him she yielded of herself she has ceased to love you it's useless to quarrel you won't bring her back and to insist is egoism to demand fidelity from a wife there is some sense in that in that case an obligation has been entered into the essential welfare of the family often depends upon it but even then one can't demand that she should not love any one you can only demand that she hm, well and haven't you yourself done everything you could to give her away to the count have you made any fight for her why here i am wanting to fight said alexander jumping up from his place and you would put a stop to my honourable impulse fight with a cudgel in your hand i dare say interrupted his uncle the civilised world has other weapons you ought to have fought a duel of another kind with the count before the beauty's eyes End of chapter 6, part 1, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.